but I do have something that I am convinced I, I have, I want to share with you. But first, is there anyone who wants to give a, a testimony, or particularly about last weekend, as, as Becky has shared uh, so tremendously, uh, testifying to how God set her free, or anything else from the Lord that is burning in your heart, stirring in your spirit? Anyone? You'll need to get a microphone, Josh. I guess those are the be helpful. Anyone else be prepared after Josh? Hey, John's not here, but um, I'm being obedient using the the microphone. I am standing up, honey. <laughs> um, I was not in a good mood about two weeks ago. Um, I had a real bad night at work, and I got home and. You know, being a, a dad and a husband, I just was complaining to the Lord. As outside, things were like a mess. The house was kind of untidy. And I was like, just complaining. I was just like, God, it's like, can I just have like one day where just things are just orderly and it's quiet. And it's just quiet and peaceful. And gently just heard the Holy Spirit say, he's like, you can have all that stuff. You can have the order in the cleanest house in the world and just everything that you desire, but you wouldn't have a family. You'd be all by yourself. You wouldn't have any of the joy. You wouldn't have any of the excitement of watching your kids grow up and mature. You wouldn't have any of those things. So make a choice. And I really felt it was a nice rebuke. And, you know, I just thought about with... The church, too, is like you can be a lone ranger. You can be out there by yourself doing your own thing because you got hurt in the church before or things didn't go your way or someone hurt your feelings, and that's okay. However, if you stay in fellowship and you stay in the light as he is in the light, you will have fellowship with God, the Father, and the Son, Jesus Christ. And... It is so important that most of your growth and most of your maturity and the joy that you're going to have in this life is with each other, with this motley crew that we have here. So I just encourage you. It is a mess at times. It's not going to go your way at times. But just dig in deep and know this is where God has you planted. Grow your roots deep and don't despair. Look for the joy that's around you and it's going to be in the people that are next to you. Amen. Anyone else? Sandy? Hallelujah. And before she speaks, uh, I want you to remember some of the things that Josh said and the songs we sing as, as I share, because it's all fitting together. Thank you, Lord. Okay, well, I just wanted to testify of the faithfulness of God in good times, but in bad times. How he shows up, he never lets you go, his peace guides you. Uh, for, some, for those of you that don't know, I've had three weeks of uh, an experience in my body that I totally didn't expect. And um, there were some scary times in there, but I... Never was there fear, 
Never was there doubt that I would come through the other side. And actually, at the beginning of it, I clearly heard the Lord tell me, I have something to impart to you. And I just got to say, he is faithful. He's true. He loves us. And and he's just an amazing God. And his love just shows up in the weirdest places, at the weirdest times, through the strangest incidences. But he's faithful and he's true. And what he said he will do, he does in aces. So I just want to give him the glory today. Anybody else? The more you speak, the less I have to. (laughs) I do have seven pages. That's the perfect length, right? Seven. But it's handwritten. It's not typed, so it won't take that long. All right. So I want to clarify one thing. Um, Uh... Because there is a certain brother who I will not name, he's not here today, uh, who always kind of sort of points out or teases me about the fact that I don't wear a belt. Okay. So, some of you probably don't have belts on either, but you're covering it up with these untucked shirts. You never know these days (coughs) uh, whether people are wearing a belt or not. And some of you can probably argue with my logic here, and that's fine. And I can understand it, but it's my illustration and I'll use it the way I want since I'm up here and you're not. But I think belt loops are just suggestions. Okay, they're just suggestions. And I do occasionally wear a belt when I need one. In fact, I have a pair of shorts even that I have a a belt that I was wearing just this week. But uh, if you don't need one, why wear one? That's my point is it's it's. uh, It's a suggestion. So now that I have clarified that uh, for you, that's all you're going to think about and look at, right? Oh, my God, he's not wearing a belt. But I can remember the days when you didn't go to church without having your finest clothes on, too. So things have certainly changed, haven't they? My mother wore gloves and a hat when I was little. Uh, Gail and I had the pleasure of having Joe Ewan in our home two nights uh, last weekend. And since he's Scottish, or however you say it, uh, I thought I'd ask him if he'd ever known or met Derek Prince. And for those of you who are not familiar with Derek Prince, he was from Melissa Presley's home country of England. And had a major impact in the church worldwide from the 1970s until his passing in 2003. And whose radio ministry, even yet today, is being broadcast into over 20 countries worldwide in 21 different languages. That's amazing. Derek Prince often came to Franklin and taught at the Christian Training Center, or as I know, at the end of the last resort. Joe said, yes, he had been Derek Prince's taxi driver. He had hauled Derek Prince around England and Scotland on a couple of occasions. 
And he volunteered to do this just to be just to be with him and kind of maybe soak something up or learn something. And then the name of my favorite Bible teacher came up and also Billy Graham's, because I heard him say this personally with his own in his own words. Bob Mumford came up. Uh, Yes, Billy Graham said Bob Mumford was his favorite Bible teacher. I heard him say that. Again, another powerful teacher of the Bible and very influential worldwide. Bob, who still lives in Raleigh, also has ministered here in Franklin. And once again, Joe said, I've also been Bob Mumford's taxi driver. So now I am proud to say that I have been Joe Ewan's taxi driver. So armed with that information, I went to Hardy's the other day and I went in and said, I've been Joe Ewan's taxi driver. I'd like to see your coffee. And the lady looked at me and said, well, that's nice. That'll be 79 cents plus tax. So that information didn't help there. I don't know what it's worth. So what a weekend we had. Uh, for those of you who were here in particular Our entire fellowship, and yes, even the body of Christ, in various places are and will be bearing much fruit from our time together. But this presents a problem for me. How do you follow that? (laughs) It's kind of like following Jan Uridia giving announcements. (laughs) Or my wife. So I'm thinking, what next? Chris Wilson had a word last weekend and others which spoke to us about, let's not let this die. So I was worried about all this and I thought, well, maybe I should preach on build a throne and he will come. But I thought I already did that. November 2015. How about after the stone is rolled away? That'd be uh, apt, but I did that May 2017. How about this mantle is no Mickey on Elijah's anointing? I already did that one too, so I can't reuse that one. Something under the hood come forth. Those would have been timely, man, if I'd only saved those messages. So I woke up at 1.30 in the morning, Tuesday morning, uh, and you know that if God, if you think you, God has woken you up in the middle of the night, then that's God, right? I mean, whatever comes is obviously 100% God, correct? Well, I don't know. Well, maybe. Maybe. Anyway, I believe God gave me something, and I offer it to you today, and I ask you, to pray, to see if it speaks to you. Pray with discernment. And we're going to pray and do that now. Father, we ask you in Jesus' name, by your mighty Spirit, to enlighten our eyes, our hearts, our ears, to hear your voice, not Phil Woody's voice, but your word, Lord, 
Father God, we are asking you to speak to us. And that's all we want. It's all we long for. Nothing else matters. So we look for your word. We lay everything else aside. And we thank you. In Jesus' name this morning. Amen. Some years ago, uh, Gail mentioned uh, our fellowship that was so meaningful to us in Cullowee, Cullowee Covenant Fellowship. So uh, a lot of the people there were students, and we went to a retreat, actually, at the end of the last resort, and I may have shared this before. But there was one of the brothers there, his name was Victor Costello, and uh, he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit that weekend, and he was fired up. He was fired up. And, and our whole group was rejuvenated. It was an amazing weekend. Uh, so he comes back to, to campus uh, Sunday afternoon, and he lived in Reynolds' dorm up, up on the top of the hill. And he gets up, and he's uh, on his way to breakfast at Brown Cafeteria, which is down the hill. So he's walking down the hill, and he's like whistling and singing and like happy in the Lord and joyful and like, man, <laughs> this is awesome. And he approaches the door of the cafeteria, and there's a dead bird laying there. And he felt compassion in his heart for this bird. And he thought, there's a dead bird. God loves birds. Maybe God wants this bird to come back to life. And he said he got down on his knee and was about to put his hand on the bird. And two other students walked by. And he kind of looked up and went, nah. And he went on in to eat breakfast and left the bird. Now, I don't know whether he should have prayed for the bird or not. But he lost something in that moment. He lost something. The shine got a little duller. We have in Scripture Jesus walking on the water. Peter gets out of the boat. He takes a couple of steps. And a lot of people think, oh, poor Peter. Well, I tell you what. He walked on the water. I don't know many other people who have. In fact, I don't know any except Jesus. But he did start to sink when he took his eyes off the Lord. I am as guilty as anyone when it comes to allowing a mighty stirring in my heart to slip away. It's kind of like so many New Year's resolutions, which long ago I stopped doing. How long did they last? Maybe you're more successful than I am. Like, I'm going to lose 12 pounds this year, one pound a month. That's not asking too much. So I get all fired up about that. And then I go to Alice Marie Pendergast's house and I smell this amazing pie in the oven. And I'm going, maybe I'll start in February. 
And then February rolls along, and I come to a covered dish uh, meal here at Franklin Covenant, and uh, there sits one of Fred Crane's fabulous cakes. I'm going, well, maybe I'll start in March. You know what happens. <laughs> oh, the shame, the guilt, the embarrassment, the condemnation I felt over breaking my promises to God. But that's in the past. It's today that concerns me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And what are we going to do about now? So the title of this message is, What Now, My Love? What Now, My Love? The Father has called my name and said, Phil, my love, what now? John, my love, what now? Kate, my love, what now? I want to focus on two scriptures. The first is in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. Arise. Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Several months ago, Pete Beck was here, and he had a prophetic word about this fellowship. And I believed at the time that it was absolutely from God. And today I'm more convinced than ever before. He said it's important, the DNA of a fellowship. The DNA. Where you started. Where you came from. How you came alive. Came into being. Your DNA, broadly speaking, and I'm no scientist, is a pattern and a direction for your life. From our mother's womb, I came. That DNA was set then. And it's time, he said, to recover your DNA. And just what is the DNA of Franklin Covenant? We were birthed out of the so-called charismatic renewal some 45 years ago. And though I personally was not here, directly involved, I was around here and in a similar group about 25 miles away. And what was distinctive about us? Well, for one, we loved to sing. We were excited about clapping our hands. I know today was a, quite a considerable amount of clapping in last week, but it's been a while since we clapped our hands very much. I miss that. And I have determined today that I'm going to clap my hands, whether you like it or not. All right. I'm sorry, Billy, if it throws off your drums. <laughs> I'll try to clap along with you. <laughs> we love to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart and his courts with praise. We sang a lot. We believed in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we talked about it and all the mighty gifts of the Spirit. And we even put Dove license plates on our car. And Dove bumper stickers. And some of us wore Dove jewelry. I didn't, but 
And though some would come along and abuse and mislead and go into error, still, we wanted to experience the power of the living God. And I tell you, we did. We often talk about those times as if, boy, those were fond memories. As if they might not ever happen again. You know, I can't relive the time when my kids were young. That's gone. But I believe we can relive the book of Acts. And it was so here. Folks, that's, that's part of our DNA. You want to know what's going to draw people through these doors? Remember the prophetic voice to us last Saturday. The doors are open. The gates have swung wide. We didn't open them. Jesus did. Something's broken loose in the heavenlies. The doors are open. And the doors that Jesus opens, no man can close. What's going to bring people here and into the kingdom is a demonstration of the power of the living God. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Arise, shine, for your light has come. This passage is prophetic to us. Arise. Arise. Arise, people. Your light Your light has come. Yes, Jesus is the light of the world. And we know this from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. For God, who said, light has come out of darkness, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. That's the light in me because of the presence of my Savior. And that has come. And now I would say to you that your light... Your light is burning bright today. It's burning. It's directed. It's focused on that area of your life that has been dormant, that has been neglected, that has been asleep, that has been complacent, that's been left for dead. It's focused, burning bright on that situation which you thought could never change. Child of God, arise. Arise in faith. Proclaim that the door of restoration is open. That the gates of healing are open. Joe Ewan speaking prophetically to this congregation and yes, to every person who has an ear said this. The shell, he said, he pictured a shell and it had been punctured, broken, a shell over the body. And that the curse had been lifted. Not will be lifted. Not might be lifted. 
was lifted and broken. What now, my love? Do I believe that this is my father speaking to me? And if I don't believe it, I have a problem. And I have a choice. If I do believe it, then I have to do something. I have to do something. He's done something. Now it's my turn to do something. I have to open my doors. I have to swing wide the gates of my life, my soul, my spirit. I have to release the doubt and fear and believe my father's word. God doesn't give suggestions. These are not belt loops. God gives commands and promises. When we were raising our kids, we were fairly strict with them. We had a two-time rule. If one of the kids, let's say my son, was messing up, I'd say, Ben, stop. Okay, that's your warning. But if I say it again, the atmosphere is going to change. I'm coming after you. So eventually he learned that the first time we spoke to him, he better get busy and respond and obey. How many times will God speak to us? Before we hear and do something. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The glory, the majesty, the power, the almost unspeakable awesomeness of our God. Romans 8:11 says if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life he will quicken your mortal body through his spirit This is an amazing passage The spirit the energy the life that brought Jesus back from the dead, the power of that lives where? Right in here. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. The same Spirit. And now I say to you that not only is the glory of the Lord risen upon you, He has risen in you. We know from Ephesians 1.20 that Jesus, having risen from the dead, is now seated at the right hand of the Father, Ephesians 1.20. But when Stephen was being killed in Acts 7, as he was dying from the stones hitting him in the head and his parts of his body, he looked up into heaven 
And what did he see? Acts 7, it says he saw Jesus standing. Standing. Not seated. Standing by the throne of God to receive Stephen. Jesus got so excited about the death of Stephen. That's hard to picture. Excited about somebody's death? The awesomeness of the testimony of Stephen. Jesus was so moved by this that he rises up. And just as something is broken loose in the heavenlies and the doors are open, I say that the glory of the Lord is rising in you. It's rising in you. When Jesus appeared to the two brothers on the road to Emmaus and he revealed the scriptures to them and they didn't really recognize who he was. And after he departed, did they not turn to each other and said, did you not feel something stirring in you? Stirring, burning. God, stir us. Feel a burning inside. The spirit of God is rising in us. And if I were Joe Ewan or John Macon, I'd say, can I not get an amen? But I don't do that. Amen. <laughs> but if you want to say it, go ahead. I don't. Amen. It's easy to say amen, and I think that's a great thing. But is it true? Do you really, really feel that? Do you want to? Is it possible? When Jesus rises, something big is going to happen. When he's moving, there's going to be life. Something's going to change. We heard that word. Something's going to change. Change for the better. A life-changing event. Don't you feel the mountains tremble? Don't you hear the oceans roar? We can see that, God, you're moving a mighty river through the nations. Swing wide, you heavenly gates. Open up the door, let the music play. Because when the glory gets going, the gory has to go. I made that up myself. When the glory gets going, the gory has to go. All the gory in me has to go. When the glory rises in me. Man. He gives me beauty for my ashes. The oil of joy for all my sorrow and struggle and tribulation. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I am a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Revelation chapter 3. 
Verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. And I will dine with him and he with me. Jesus is knocking and he's calling my name. Phil. Phil. Church. It was mentioned last weekend that a brother in Tennessee, that some of you know, Jeff Oates, had a prophetic word for this body. And it was basically this. That it's time for recovery and restoration. Pete Beck, Joe Ewan, Jeff Oates, and two or three more sitting here, hearing the same thing. To recover your roots, to recover that which has been diminished, to recover that which has been neglected. And to the extent that you recover, you will enjoy restoration. To the extent that you recover, you will receive restoration. They're connected. This reverberates in me like the voices of angels. How many times, though, will God have to speak to us? How long will He endure knocking? How long will He say, what now? My love. If anyone opens the door, you see, I have to do something. I have to get up off my fanny and do something. I can ignore the knocking. I can think that I don't recognize his voice. But I have to get up and do something. And maybe my door has been bolted with many locks. And maybe it's just got one lock on it and I, I choose to just open it a crack, just with the chain still attached. Just a little bit. Because I don't want much of Jesus to come in. He might change my life somehow. He might do something I don't like. Something bad. And for many of us, there's a little thing in there going, I don't know about that. I don't know if I can trust him. Well, I want to be like David in Psalm 24, verse 9. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. What now, my love? Jesus says, I have spoken to you, my church. I have broken the shell. I have lifted the curse. I have opened the doors. 
And I call your name as I knock on your door. What now, my love? What's my response going to be? Because my response in this hour will will determine the future of my life. What I decide to do about what God is speaking to us will determine the direction of my life from this moment that I am standing here forward. And so will it for our, our corporate life. Now, I don't know what all this means. I don't pretend to know what it's going to look like. I don't know. But this I do. God is calling me. And he's calling you. He's calling us to an adventure. Life abundant. He's calling us to an adventure, and it's an adventure that could take us any place. And I don't need to know. In fact, I don't want to know, because I might mess it up. Oh, Jesus, you should have turned here. Take this road. It's a shortcut, Lord. I know this country like the back of my hand. I give you some advice. I don't want to know. Because I trust Him. I trust Him. I trust Him because He's proven Himself to me over and over and over. And I long to hear His voice and I want to follow Him. And I know I can trust Him and that's what I'm going to do. What now, my love? What now? Let's get out of the boat. Jesus is on the water and he's beckoning us us to come. He's on the water. He is miracle life personified. His is a life in the supernatural where the supernatural is real and normal. And he calls us to open the door to get out of the boat and take a step or two or three. And I might begin to waver a little bit, and I'm human, and I probably will sink a little. But guess what? He's got a hand there for me, or two. And if I can just keep my eyes on him, he'll take me by the hand. And when he does, even if he dives down into the water with me, I'm safe. I don't know where he's going to take us exactly, but I know that he has risen and he's moving and he's calling us to go. In a few days, I'll be 67 years old. I can't believe I'm that old. I heard this lady say the other day she was limping. She said, yeah, my knee hurts. It's as old as I am. But on September 29th, I will be 46 years old in Christ. That's the most important birthday. That's the one I ought to be celebrating. And I do. And I know that I've seen more sunsets go over the horizon than I will see in this life. 
But in these my latter days, I want to see the power of God move. I want to experience it before time runs out. I want God to move in my life again. As he did 46 years ago. When things were new and exciting, the grass was greener and the sky was bluer. And things seemed to just happen. Where did I go? God didn't move. I want to see the power of God in my family's lives. And in the life of this body and the church worldwide. So what now? My love, how about you? Becky, would you stand with me? I've asked them to come and I was thinking, how in the world are we going to end this today? Because you never know. But when I heard the last song, I thought, that's it right there. Let's pray. Father God. Father, we just bless you this morning. How we bless you. And as you are standing here, sitting here, contemplating your own situation and how you feel and what you're thinking right now. I challenge each of you, my brothers and my sisters, to personally, individually in this moment, respond to what the question is. What now? My love. Because he's asking that of each of us. What's my response going to be to him? Yes. Will I say, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will pursue the Lord no matter what. I realize that this is God speaking to me. Or will I leave the door closed? Only you can decide. Only you. Father, I would pray that you would have your way in us. Have your way this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall on us. That we would, as one people and with one heart and one soul, say yes to you. Yes to you. That I will respond and obey you. And I will open the door wide. That a hundred percent of Jesus will come in and dine with me. Father God, may it be so. We bless you today. How we bless you. We thank you. God wants to break something loose in our lives. I know that. And maybe he's doing he's doing it. Becky testified to it. I need it. I know I need it. 
would you just allow the Spirit of God to minister to you?
used to sing this chorus. Now let us sing, sing till the power of the Lord comes down. Anybody remember that? <laughs> now let us sing, sing till the power of the Lord comes down. Now let us sing, sing till the power of the Lord comes down. Lift up your voice. Be not afraid. Sing till the power of the Lord comes down. Now let us sing. Now let us sing. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Oh, sing till the power of the Lord. Now let us sing. The Lord. Now let us lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Be not afraid. Oh, sing till the power of the Lord. Lift up your voice. Be not afraid. Sing till the power of the Lord comes down. We keep singing, rejoicing, and singing the hallelujah. What's going to happen? The power of the Lord. The power of the Lord is going to come upon our lives and restore us and renew us and recover us and change us. And we will see Him move in our lives because praise is His address. Oh, we bless you today, Lord. Thank you so much, Father God, for your presence in our lives, for for hopefully a life-changing moment in so many of us, perhaps all. We bless you today and honor your mighty, mighty name, Jesus. Have your way among us today, tomorrow, Wednesday morning, Friday afternoon. Yes. Eight days a week, Lord. Be honored and blessed. We praise you. We praise you. Love one another.